0: Good Tuesday, everyone, and welcome in to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. I'm Chris Yao, filling in for Tom Price all week long. So excited to be here with you on this fantastic Tuesday. Hope that you are getting off to a great start to your week. We've got some news from across Southern Middle Tennessee, Murray County, and beyond. So let's get right into it. Spring Hill planners and the Board of Mayor and Alderman have voted to favorably recommend a plan for its urban growth boundaries along with all other Williamson County municipalities. The last time the county's UGB was updated was 2001. The UGB should be reevaluated at least every 20 years to account for infrastructure improvements, market trends, growth patterns, and other changes that have occurred, city staff wrote in a memo to the city's boards. The urban growth boundary is a long-range planning tool to ensure cities are strategically planning to extend services as growth occurs. Additionally, the UGB thoughtfully identifies areas' future growth areas to ensure that the character and land uses developed within the exterior boundaries of the city in Congress manner with the city of Spring Hill. The city began the process of planning for an update in 2021, holding a public meeting in October of that year. To determine the proposed boundary of Williamson County, Spring Hill UGB city staff utilized current development trends, water sewer capacity development requirements, analyzed existing drainage basins based on topography, developments of the I-65 interchange at June Lake Boulevard, consideration of adopted planning documents such as, but not limited to, the 2040 Spring Hill Rising Comp Plan, and the continuity of the currently adopted Murray County UGB with any additional UGB established within Williamson County, the memo reads. Residents of Spring Hill, however, expressed concern at both the Planning Commission meeting and the meeting of the Board of Merit and Aldermen. We do not want to be in the UGB and don't understand there are any benefits for us to be in the UGB or to be considered for annexation, Jeff Harris, a Barker Road resident, said. We want to be removed from this because we moved to this area not to be part of a city, to not be part of anything other than the county. A UGB, however, is only designated targeted areas for future growth, but does not annex property into the city, even if adopted. We know that growth is going to occur, and we want to ensure that growth occurs in a way that the city can create as part of our city pattern what that means is we want to ensure the city grows in the way we want it to and that we can be responsible with that growth, Spring Hill Development Director Peter Hughes said. The UGB is just identifying that area for us to move forward with and plan for. That's the reason why we're doing this. All it is doing is identifying areas for future growth to occur and for the city to invest resources and strategically plan to make sure when services are needed, they are in place for those areas. Alderman Matt Fitterer, added to Hughes' comments to clarify that property owners must request annexation in order to become part of the city. This does not affect anyone who owns property or might own property within the UGB. This only allows us to appropriately plan for infrastructure that might or might not be needed in the future. Annexation in Tennessee can only be done at the property owner's request and there is absolutely nothing the city can do to annex any of this property. To say growth will or won't head that way? Is totally up to the landowners, or future landowners, and not the city. This plan will now go before a state governing committee, along with others from Williamson County, to be approved or denied. City of Columbia approved by a 4-2 to vote to a proposed rezoning of a portion of Tax Map 112, Parcel 9, located at 6150 Trotwood Avenue. The rezoning would allow for the future development of residential homes as part of the proposed Old Zion Road planned unit development subdivision, which would consist of 765 homes over 400 acres. The plan would lay adjacent to Ridley Park and the neighborhood Ashwood Manor. Both residents and local officials took the opportunity at the July 13th meeting to express their concerns over the rezoning, including District 2 Commissioner and County Commission Chair Eric Prevetti, who lives nearby. Prevetti said his main concerns have to do with safety and transportation. If something happened where they have fixed a bridge or widened a piece of the road, that's great. But what about when something happens in the section they haven't done anything to? Prevetti asked, bringing up potential hazards officers would face to get down the road. Last month, Fire Chief Ty Cobb shared his worries regarding the two-lane road on Trotwood. It's harder for emergency vehicles to get around, Cobb admitted during the city's June 8th voting meeting. I think about residents, if there's a vehicle that has broken down, they would be in the way of traffic. District 8 Commissioner Gabe Howard shared the same sentiments, also pointing out concerns brought up by Chief Cobb. First and foremost, our trusted fire chief has sounded the alarm on numerous occasions, identifying this as a public safety issue, Howard said. Our trusted fire chief has sounded the alarm on numerous occasions, identifying this as a public safety issue, Howard said. The fire chief's concerns validate his repeated warnings to this body that I have seen firsthand others try to negate. Howard also stated the plan threatens to disrupt the rural character of Murray County. The character defines us, differentiates us, and gives us a sense of community and belonging, he said. The density of housing in the proposed is too far and threatens to obliterate the separation between cities, which is so critical in maintaining what makes our county beautiful and unique." Applicant Brandon Baxter assured the council the project has changed and evolved over the past 24 months of planning. It's different than a year and a half ago, two years ago, Baxter said, that stretch of Troutwood Avenue between our proposed access and the improvements on that and our western property that's closer to Yeatman Lane related to the condition of that shoulder, we will scrape the vegetation off of that shoulder that has caused it to erode a little bit and put back a more usable shoulder. Baxter also said developers are committed to install a traffic signal at Polk Place and Trotwood, which he said will be done in the first phase of development. Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder made a motion to approve the ordinance on second consideration, acknowledging the concerns of citizens. We talk a lot about smart growth and what that looks like, Mulder said. Nobody really knows the definition of smart growth because everybody has their own opinion on what growth looks like. At the end of the day, We've heard from our city engineer on the roadway conditions and the roadway improvements. We've heard his comfort level regarding the width of the roads and the ability for vehicles to travel, he said. The project will also consist of three miles of trails and the development of a trailhead in Ridley Park. A Tennessee-based nonprofit attempting to open a charter school in Murray County has refiled its application after members of the school board rejected the initial application in April. The application by American Classical Education is one of five filed earlier in 2023 across the state. Murray, Montgomery, Madison, and Robertson counties rejected the initial filings while Rutherford County approved the company's application. The Murray County School Board is set to take up the application during its Tuesday, July 18th meeting. The meeting will take place at 6 p.m. at Horace O. Porter School, 1101 Bridge Street in Columbia. At the board's April meeting, ACE's application was rejected by a 6-5 to five vote. Christian Schull, Laura Nutt, Steve McGee, Jackson Carter, and board chairman Michael Fulbright voted in favor at the time. While Jamila Brown, Will Sims, Betty Kinzer, Marlena Irvin, Austin Hooper, and Wayne Lindsay voted against. Ace officials have filed amendment application with 39 pages of documentation that seeks to answer some of the concerns raised previously by board members. According to Fulbright, the amended filing does not need to be scored by the review committee and set in place by the school board. The amendments to the application are going to be voted on, Fulbright told Main Street Murray. I don't know that the company will necessarily be there to say anything. They submitted that back in June. Fulbright said he felt the amended filing by ACE covered many of the concerns discussed in April. I think that several board members expressed a need for more details and more detailed information. Some of the areas were food, transportation, those type of things. Just a little bit more detail on some areas that were uncertain for some board members, he said. At the April meeting, Murray County Superintendent of Schools Lisa Ventura said many questions remained about the initial application, including special education, transportation, standards for academic plans, design, and financial plan and capacity. Because they weren't at meets and exceeds, the review committee recommends the denial of the initial recommendation, Ventura said at the April meeting. All of our summary ratings have to be at meets or needs standard in order to give you a recommendation to approve. The Murray County School Board will review the updated submission from Ace, Ventura said in a statement emailed to Main Street Murray. Neither the district review team nor I have any opinion or determination in the vote to be taken on July 18th. The vote lies in the hands of the school board. Murray County Public Schools Charter Review Committee presented a 37-page report to the school board in April. That report rated Ace's application as partially meeting or failing to meet required standards in 22 of the 27 areas. The review committee had 11 members and consisted of Ventura principals, assistant principals, two school board members, and community members. American Classical Academy is affiliated with Hillsdale College, which raised controversy last summer when one of its officials was quoted as saying, Teachers are trained in the dumbest parts of the dumbest colleges in the country. After the April vote to reject the application, Ace officials told television stations that they believed the review committee's report was plagiarized as wording was similar, or in some cases exactly the same, as reports generated in other counties where Ace had filed applications for charter schools. Ace Vice President of Schools, Philip Schwenk, told Main Street Murray that his organization has tried to address concerns raised by the public and the school board members. The appeals process allows us to make comments on what their concerns were. What changed is now we have heard specifically the remarks of the board and the county and have given them our answers in the hopes of clarifying some of the concerns they had, Schwink said. He also said he would be in attendance at Tuesday's meeting to address any other questions from the board. Schwink also promoted the benefits of adding charter schools, saying these schools are schools that parents ask for, the kind of model they want to have for their kids. One of the elements of a charter is that you can tailor different types of educational processes to different kids. The benefit is that families have choices asked if Ace had identified a specific location for a charter school if the application is approved. Swink said officials had looked at properties near the north and western ends of Columbia, saying Ace wanted to be in a central Murray County location. If the school board denies the charter again, the company can appeal to the Tennessee Charter Commission, a non-member group appointed by Governor Bill Lee. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee today with your hometown memorials brought to you by Oaks and Nichols. And news from around the state. Stick around on Kennedy Broadcasting. WKOM, WKRM. Be right back.
1: Keep listening. 101.7, 103.7. WKOM, WKRM, Del Kennedy, owner, operator. Great to have you with us. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association. Funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. You're listening to your local radio.
0: Welcome back into to Southern Middle Tennessee today on Front Porch Radio here in Columbia, where we have all the news that is news from across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and beyond. I'm Chris Yao, filling in for Tom Price all week long. Glad to be with you guys and looking forward to a week full of great news. Right now, we start with your hometown memorials brought to you by Oaks and Nichols. William Neil Pulley, Sr., 92, retired crane operator for Union Carbide and resident of Columbia, died Wednesday, July 12, 2023 at Life Care Center of Columbia. Funeral services for Mr. Pulley will be conducted Monday at 11 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family visited with friends on Sunday from 3 until 7 at the funeral home. And now a look at news from around the state. Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Scrametti wants the state to be able to investigate and compel information on out-of-state abortions, according to a letter he co-signed with 18 other Republican attorneys general in response to a White House-backed federal rules change that would further shield reproductive health medical records. Scrametti last month signed on the letter, which was authored by Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Fitch, and addressed to Secretary Xavier Xavier Becerra of the Federal Department of Health and Human Services. The proposed rule would prohibit the use or disclosure of protected health information to investigate or prosecute patients, providers, and others involved in the provision of legal reproductive health care, including abortion care. Fitch's letter argues the rule would unlawfully interfere with states' authorities to enforce their laws and calls it a solution in search of a problem. HHS does not have the authority to change the law in contradiction of the statute passed by Congress Scrimetti spokesperson Elizabeth Lane said in a statement on Monday. The letter was first reported by nonprofit news outlet Mississippi Today. HHS held an open comment period as part of the proposed rule change, which the Biden administration first floated in April in response to a wave of abortion restrictions that arose in the wake of the U.S. Supreme Court ruling last summer overturning the constitutional right to an abortion. Abortion restrictions often vary widely from state to state. Medical records are protected by some federal privacy laws but are still subject to court orders and states currently can investigate out-of-state care. Top prosecutors, like attorneys general, have also have other legal tools at their disposal to compel providers to turn over medical records for investigatory purposes such as the recent wide-reaching investigative investigative net cast by Scrimetti into Vanderbilt University Medical Center patient records over their transgender health care clinic. At the time of the rule proposal, an HHS official said the rule change was crafted after the Roe v. Wade precedent was overturned and doctors, quote, expressed fear, anger, and sadness that they or their patients may end up in jail for providing or obtaining evidence-based and medically appropriate care. Fitch's letter said it was a false narrative that states are seeking to treat pregnant women as criminals or punish medical personnel who provide life-saving care. Some doctors have argued state laws are often not clear-cut, disregard the nuances of medicine, and have had damaging impacts on women's reproductive care. In Tennessee, the state's total abortion ban required physicians to knowingly commit a felony when performing an abortion to prevent the death or severe injury of a pregnant patient. It included an affirmative defense program provisions, meaning doctors could justify their actions, but only after facing criminal charges. Lawmakers this spring admitted the law, carving out a very narrow legal exception for abortions performed to prevent the life or severe injury of the pregnant patient. Abortions for other medical reasons, such as when a fetus has a severe defect incompatible with life, are not allowed under medical law until the pregnant patient's life is threatened, which some Tennessee doctors say is a dangerous precedent. The Republican-backed letter countered a letter in support signed by 24 Democratic attorneys general who urged a quick adoption of the rule as existing privacy protections fail to contemplate circumstances in which basic health care is subject to civil liability and criminal penalties. Wildfires in Canada have once again pushed smoke and haze into the Nashville and Middle Tennessee areas, triggering an air quality alert before rain moves into the area. The air quality alert will remain in place until midnight of last night, the National Weather Service said. The general public is not likely to be affected, NWS said. Active children and adults and people with respiratory disease such as asthma should limit prolonged outdoor exertion. Counties in the alert include Cannon, Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Macon, Murray, Montgomery, Robertson, Rutherford, Smith, Stewart, Sumner, trousdale Williamson, and Wilson counties. There is hope in coming rain will deafen the smoke in the area. There's a low risk of some storms becoming severe, mainly in the areas around Nashville, Clarksville, and Waverly this afternoon, the NWS said. The primary threats. With any storm that do become severe are straight-line winds, frequent lightning, and torrential rainfall. Rain chances will remain throughout the week, but it will do little to reduce the heat. Heat, in- heat indexes are likely to reach triple digits on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, the NWS said. A heat advisory may be issued for Wednesday. St- State sales tax holiday is coming right up for 2023. The state is hosting two sales tax holidays, the traditional sales tax holiday on clothing, school supplies and computers at the end of July and a three month sales tax holiday on groceries beginning in August. Tennessee's traditional sales tax holiday on clothing, school supplies and computers is the last full weekend of July for 2023. It begins at 12.01 a.m. on Friday, July 28th, and ends at 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, July 30th. Certain restrictions apply. Items sold online are also eligible. Items must be purchased for personal use and not for business or trade. Tax-exempt items include general apparel that costs $100 or less per item, such as shirts, pants, socks, shoes, dresses, etc., the school and art supplies with a purchase price of $100 or less per item, such as binders, backpacks, crayons, papers, pens, pencils, and rulers. And art supplies such as glazes, clay, paints, drawing pads, and artist paintbrushes. Computers for personal use with a purchase price of $1,500 or less. Laptop computers if priced at $1,500 or less also qualify, as well as tablet computers for 2023 The Tennessee General Assembly has approved a three-month grocery tax holiday on food and food ingredients, which begins 12.01 a.m. on Tuesday, August 1st and ends Tuesday, October 31st at 11.59 p.m. Food and food ingredients are defined as liquid, concentrated, solid, frozen, dried, or dehydrated substances that are sold to be ingested or chewed by humans and are consumed for their taste or nutritional value. Food and food ingredients do not include alcoholic beverages, tobacco, candy, or dietary supplements, according to TN.gov. It's time now for one last break, and we'll come back with our final story of the day. This is Southern Middle Tennessee on Kennedy Broadcasting Front Porch Radio. We'll be right back for this.
1: You're listening to your local radio.
0: Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee today here on Front Porch Radio and Kennedy Broadcasting. WKOM, WKRM, I'm Chris Yao filling in for Tom Price this week. Glad to be with you and glad to be bringing you all the news that is news from across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee and beyond. We have time now for one more story. Let's get to it. Gas prices across the state held relatively steady over the last week, moving only a penny less expensive. Tennessee gas price average is now $3.09 per gallon, which is $0.07 less expensive than one month ago and $1.03 less than a year ago. While gas prices in Tennessee held steady over the past week, Tennessee made big moves in the market and is now the second least expensive state in the country for gas prices, said Megan Cooper, spokeswoman for AAA, the Auto Club Group. Right now, we're seeing a lot of fluctuation in pricing across the country, and that's likely to continue through this week. Even though we're experiencing lighter demand than we were during the July 4th holiday, we're also seeing crude oil prices creep higher. If the oil prices continue to rise, it's likely... The pump prices will follow suit. Some quick facts. Forty percent of Tennessee gas stations have prices below three dollars. The lowest ten percent of pump prices are two hundred eighty-eight for regular, and the highest ten percent are three hundred forty-seven for regular. Tennessee is again the second least expensive market in the nation. Nationally, despite a notable cratering in gas demand in the days since the July fourth holiday, pump prices crept higher over the past week by two cents to reach three hundred fifty six nationwide. The main culprit is a higher price for oil, which moved from the upper 60s per barrel to the mid $70 per barrel. According to new data from the Energy Information Administration, a gas demand decreased significantly from 9.6 to 8.76 million barrels per day last week. Meanwhile, total domestic gasoline stock stayed flat at 219.5 million. Although lower gas prices typically demand and push prices lower. Rising oil prices have lifted them. If oil prices continue to rise, pump prices will follow suit. The national average is three dollars and fifty cents. That's a penny less than a month ago, and ninety-seven cents less than a year ago. Drivers can find current gas prices along their route using the AAA Trip Tick Travel Planner. The most expensive metro market in Tennessee is Memphis at three sixteen, Nashville at three fourteen, and Jackson at three thirteen. While Chattanooga is at two ninety nine. Morristown at 303 and Clarksville also at 303. Thanks once again for tuning in to Southern Middle Tennessee today. Again, I'm Chris Yao, filling in for Tom Price all week long. Look forward to talking to you tomorrow and bringing you all the news from around Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee and beyond.